0: Welcome to Adams of Earth. This is Ed Massey with a very special guest. Hello, Ernie. How you doing, Ed? Good. How you
1: doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, man.
0: Great. Where Where are you? Uh, you're in, in Vegas? Are you outside of Vegas or in Vegas?
1: I'm in Las Vegas. I'm actually in Henderson, which is like a suburb of Vegas, which is, you know, like if you're in California. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Anaheim would, I guess, be a suburb of... no. I don't know how that works. Suburb of LA, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, that's the home of uh Ronnie Venucci from The Killers. Yes, it is. It's a home of uh basically all the killers. Where does Wayne Newton live? He lives on uh Pecos Road in <laughs> I know exactly where he lives. <laughs> it's uh, Shenandoah, man. It's on Pecos Road and um uh what is it, Tropcana, something like that? No, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. So you just kind
0: of hang out in your car until you see him come out. You're like, oh yeah, that house. No. Does he have lions in in his
1: front lawn? Dude, Ed, I don't know. I've never been there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so
0: here we're here with uh, with with uh, Mr. Ernie Howard, a uh, longtime friend. I haven't talked to him in a while, and I'm a really terrible friend that I haven't I haven't driven out to Vegas to see him. But but uh, you know what? Um, I mean the truth is I, I did play a show out there at the Double Down and he wasn't there. So uh, uh, I was long... left with the vagrants. That was a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> How are you? <ya? laughs> so er- Ernie's an amazing author. I, I've gotten into a few of your books. I've gotten into the pool. Um uh what what's that that combo when the tales from the canyons of the damned?
1: That's a that's a uh basically collection. a basic collection of just a bunch of different authors. Yeah, the guy who puts it out is Daniel Smith, who's a really good, good uh, author and really good, just a good dude. Then he gives uh, a platform to writers that wouldn't normally have that platform. He's got, you know, uh, established brand, I guess you would call it, with his uh, Tales from the Canyons of the Damned.
0: Oh, that's but great.
1: You ever want a good, I mean, like good stories, and like, you know, all different kinds of genres, all different kinds of cue points and that sort of thing? And that's a good place to start with yeah uh, what call it yeah, yeah and,
0: and a lot of them have this certain sort of vibe to them and i think uh i, I just really get into that for some reason yeah the night portals and, and in your uh your melody eight the one i just read i think what was a book one i think i just read uh-huh. and i'm gonna be on to book two but man yeah
1: i I just i wanted to take a different approach on like apocalyptic fiction because you know you, sometimes you you know the people talk about like, uh, or they write uh, about the apocalypse and it's mainly the same thing. It's usually like zombies or it's like uh, some kind of virus that kills you off. I wanted it to be something kind of cool, like uh, new and cool. Like what what would happen if, you know, you could use uh, music and like vibration and that sort of thing against people, which isn't too far-fetched. There's some stories that have come up in the news lately that, you know, they use using um basically like sonic sound as like a, a, a weapon you know so. right they do are you getting just, an echo
0: in your thing here
1: no i'm not okay arguing. i
0: hope i'm not i'm getting a little echo yeah yeah we won't let it ruin our thing
1: it, it might be because i'm on my phone so
0: oh step away from the microwave oven
1: <laughs> I'm not
0: even
1: close to the microwave. Up. <laughs> so, so we're here, and
0: I haven't talked to you in forever. And and uh, I mean, for for history's sake, Ernie and I met a long time ago. At uh, you know, there were a bunch of shows that were playing here in San Diego, and we had a mutual friend and and uh, or two, and we just connected for some reason. It was pretty pretty cool. And and he's I knew I knew then that he was a writer, but I hadn't really got into what he was uh, working on. So.
1: Uh, I'm really impressed. <laughs> early, early, early days of indie publishing right there. Um, yeah. many Books. I think it just hit it off because of music, man. You were in the, uh, for, I'm not going to name any names, but you were in that one cover band. yeah, uh, Yeah, and it was just a fun time, you know?
0: Yeah, the I one think- cover band I was in, and it was actually a lot of fun, you know? Uh, I never really played other people's songs, and it was actually pretty fun.
1: I was the one cover band that I was in, uh, out here in Vegas was, um, it was really fun. It was with one of my friends, Abraham, who, uh, actually played for third eye blind for like seven years. Um, Oh wow. Yeah. And, uh, I remember it was just super fun playing with my friends and, and actually getting paid to play. That was like, wow. You know?
0: Yeah. That's the big one. If you're, if you're not touring constantly, uh, you're in a cover band locally and making a little bit of cash, yeah, there's nothing
1: wrong with that, right? No. We got <laughs> gas covered for the way home and maybe some Denny's. I I'm not I was never when it when it came to uh, when it came to uh, playing music, I was never like a purist going, Yeah, you sell out if you get paid for it. It's like uh, <laughs> why wouldn't you want to get paid for it? <laughs> That's why they call them starving artists. Yeah, it's yeah, and, and you know, why I just never understood why anybody would have that kind of mentality of like, I don't to you know if somebody gets paid for it they've sold out it's like no they're good at what they do so they get paid for it they get to do it for a, a living you know and it's like right why would, you, why would you get mad at a person for that you know
0: and uh, jealousy i suppose yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know you know uh we, we saw some of that and some of the most fun i've had playing was with with cover bands and people singing along you know that, that that's more than i got locally you know, and with original bands, you get two people singing to
1: your songs. The most, but, uh, the most the most money that I ever made in my original band when I was like super young was I think we got 20 bucks one night and we got a free bar tab. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and but that you know, back then that paid dividends because <laughs> we were <laughs> we tended to spend a lot of money on the on beers and stuff. So
0: Yeah, exactly. It's a good deal. You know, speaking of uh, double down, uh, we played that place and and we played at eleven thirty, and they said, "Hey, um, come on back and play again at three
1: Yeah, that's a. And we said what? A, that's a early. That's a early uh, double down sesh right there, man.
0: That's, yeah. That's what, a, what's the? Uh, what's that drink they have there?
1: Ass uh, juice. Yes. Ass <laughs> yeah. juice. And they have puke insurance.
0: Oh really? See, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't imbibe. I, I, I did have the ash juice, and let me tell you, as, as far as ash juice goes, that was pretty, pretty good stuff. <laughs>
1: For how many times I've actually been to a place, I've never ever tried that. It just, I don't know.
0: I had three or four, and you know what happened? Uh, we we went to play again, and. Uh, and I felt like what's that metal drummer? Uh, Tommy Lee. I felt like Tommy Lee in that cage, that <laughs> rotating cage on the drums, and and it, and it wasn't fun or and it wasn't planned. That's for sure.
1: And then the next morning, you uh, made some ass juice.
0: I did, or or I, you know, I was I, I woke up the next morning spooning with my guitarist Javier, oh, and uh, oh, we I think we stayed. We ended up staying at a Motel Six, and I was a big spoon. Thank goodness.
1: This is this is a cautionary tale, kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was purely uh pr- purely um platonic because it was a business arrangement. Oh shit. Yeah, we, we picked who we got to sleep with in that bed. So so Victor the our singer got our bass player, Chris. We had we had two uh queen size beds. So I, I got Javier. But think you, you know, Javier was out at the Kiss Museum all night, and then he goes to uh goes around and and he's so happy that he could drink on the streets that he just stayed out all night. So I got him for about an hour before we had to wake up. And uh, yeah, I got some snuggle time in with, with Javier. So anyway, um, <laughs> that, that, that's my Vegas experience. I got to get out there and have a better experience.
1: That was a culture shock thing when I, when I actually lived in San Diego, like the last call thing and, and not being able to drink on the street, man. Cause it's like just a free for all on the strip. You can basically do whatever you want, but. Yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. <laughs> Thank you.
0: It's it's hard to understand, but but uh, I guess you get used to it after a while.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm not you know I'm not much of a partier anymore. But uh, yeah, neither am I. Yeah, like I don't. I, if I had a night like that, I'd probably have to recuperate for about two weeks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, uh, having this distillery now is kind of crazy because I, I really don't drink, and it's kind of like the skinny chef thing, you know. No, yeah. nobody's gonna nobody's gonna trust me they're not gonna trust that i've tasted these things but i i do sip on them and and yeah, uh get the flavors it. right
1: isn't that what you're supposed to do anyway if it's like you know good good uh liquor? right right you sip you're not supposed to gulp it like you're at no, spring you, break.
0: you don't line 14 <laughs> shots up and, and and light them on fire and try to pound them as fast as you can <laughs> unless you
1: want to <laughs> <laughs> it's not not It's duty spring break
0: <laughs> would that would that be some kind of purgatory or hell for uh for the uh the bearded uh, uh booze snobs yeah, to, to exactly. be subjected to to just like 40 shots down a bar and oh have to uh, have to have to rate every single drink that they're uh, that they're yeah, doing of like well liquor <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> all, if you, if you all, like every every liquor would come out of a plastic bottle that'd be the
0: and back into the plastic bottle in like 20 minutes. <laughs> So so what are you working on right now? We you know, we could go on all day with these two, and and that's a that's a danger of me talking to you, is is that it's not a it's not a it's not something (laughs) that we could just kind of ease into
1: something else, you know. No, okay. Well, I'll I'll try to stay on task here.
0: No, no, it's good. I like talking. We could talk about this the whole time, it's just a conversation. So um, you know.
1: what I'm working on is you talked about melody eight, the first book. Well, I'm on, I'm working on book three. I actually, I'm actually really, really late with it. I had to actually cancel the pre-order because, um, just being insanely busy with other stuff and that sort of thing. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm working on book three, and I, probably to a lot of people's, uh, a lot of people aren't going to be happy with me with this, but probably after book three, I'm going to give it a rest for a little bit with uh, Melody Eight, and do uh, write write something else. There's a book that I was writing actually in, when I lived in San Diego that right around the time when I met you, I that I sh- totally shelved. It's about fifty thousand words, and wow. I, I just um, I st- have it's been like a dusty old manuscript that I'm going to probably bring out and probably try to rewrite it. Wow. How many words did you say? It's about 50. So it's, it's not, it's it's what you would call a novel. A lot of the stuff I write are novellas. I don't, I'm, I'm like a, like, like uh, Ray Bradbury was a novella writer. He wrote like Mm -hmm. a lot, a a ton of short stories and a bunch of novellas. Um, Philip K. Dick was a novella writer kind of, but then he could write really long drawn out complicated, you know, books too but I'm not, I'm not by any means comparing myself to them. <laughs> but, Why not? Uh,
0: Why not? You know, um well, <laughs> I I, don't I, I like them. I like both actually. Um for me, you know, your uh your books are really uh they, they, they just get right into the action. Sometimes uh, this one, I was meaning it's like, it paints an immediate picture for you. So you're, you're immediately drawn into the stories and, and they, they feel like, like full length novels just sort of condensed, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, I've always been a fan of the get to the point kind of thing. You know, um, I do like longer, longer books but I don't think there's a lot of writers out there that can actually write longer books. It just ends that they end up having a lot a lot of fat. And I don't like the fat in books. If you're going to, I don't need to, there's only certain writers that can actually write like that, that can tell you the total details of like a person's dress or their house or where they're living and what kind of, you know, uh, vegetation there is around the house. <laughs> and what the like There's only a few writers that can actually do that and make you think and make you like read the book and there's a lot of people out there that just put that in i feel for like filler just so they can write longer books which is right. fine i'm not i'm not blaming anybody but i've always been the uh, i've always been the kind of writer that wanted to i want i want action 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 and then solve something at the end you know right. that's the kind of i've always been it really yeah. works for you though and uh I- you know, I'm, get, I'm getting
0: to see your personality more and more in these uh, in these books as I'm reading more and more uh, just kind of the maturity level. It's really amazing.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you, if you write, you seriously write um, for years, I'll go back and I'll look at my old writing and I'll be just like, wow, you know, it, not as far as ideas, ideas. I'm like, oh, I, th- I think I had better ideas. Back in the day. Mm -hmm. But the writing is now is is a lot better. I'm a lot good at I'm better at um structuring the story and that sort of thing. Oh yeah. As in anything, like you know, you're a drummer. That's like you're never going to be the perfect drummer. You're always gonna be learning stuff. And it's just like with anything in art, right? you, You just keep doing it until not even not even an intel, you just keep doing it to get better and better and better and learn more and more and more from other people and from outside influences and from yourself. And you know, that's what makes art cool. You know,
0: you're never you're, gonna be you're exactly awesome. right. I was talking to a musician about that, about the maturity level too. And uh, you see bands evolve and you see bands kind of stick with the same formula. It doesn't mean that they're they're not evolving, but you're you're seeing this this evident um, evolution in, in their in their music as they get older it's like they may mellow out or they may get a little bit more crazy but you'll see that maturity in the music and
1: you'll you'll know with the an old album from a new album for sure yeah same way and, with your books yeah and we're like true fans you know they a lot of people don't don't like it when a band changes i love it when a band changes oh like, yeah one of my favorite bands ever. If you, I mean, if you know me, you know, this is bad religion. I love bad religion. They're still doing it after since like 1979 and a lot of their old fans are like, Oh, they're, they, they stink now. You know, they're too slow and all this sort of, I love their new albums because yeah. I think they're like, they're not as fast and they're not all, you know, super crazy skate punk kind of uh, melodies and stuff anymore, mm-hmm. but the writing's gotten better. The music, the music, uh, I guess you'd call it what musicality, yeah, has gotten better. The All musicianship. But yeah. They,
0: they have, and and uh, and if you if you thought that the lyrics couldn't be any more intelligent, they're becoming more
1: intelligent too. So, yeah, pretty pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, great band, just, though. It was a, just to use them as, exa- as an example, you want to talk about a band that's like you know grown up basically, you know, oh, yeah. Jeez they're like they're like the Aerosmith or of like punk rock you know
0: yeah it's it's really weird to watch because that time went by so fast but you look back and you're like oh my gosh that's 25 plus years or um holy smokes yeah no it's like 30 years or longer than that actually well yeah I didn't get into them until like uh probably the early 90s or um probably the early 90s or so I listen to bands like the Screamers and, uh, you know, Pixies and Muffs and Lemonheads and all that weird stuff.
1: I didn't I wasn't I wasn't the cool kid, man. I, you know, um, I didn't get into like all those bands. You just were saying like the the Pixies and that sort of thing until I was like in my 20s. I was probably better, though. Yeah, because I don't know. I, I, you know, I'll admit, man, probably the first time I ever heard Bad Religion, I was probably like. It was like, I don't know, I was a junior in high, in high school. And mm-hmm. I was listening to like NWA and like, <laughs> you know, like gangster rap basically. Wow. And then, you know, got into really one of my friends, we were in his car. We were driving out to a, a desert party and uh, he had bad religion on. And I was like, who is this? And, uh, you know, ever since fell in love, fell in love with punk rock, fell in love with, you know, kooky, crazy bands and, you know, that sort of thing.
0: But yeah I mean, you know, I, I think you told me that once about about uh, your own personal evolution as a music fan. and not only as a musician but as a fan, man, yeah. I, my tastes have changed so much and uh, but it's good music. I think it's good music. My son listens to it, so it must be okay, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's got some pretty discriminating taste, but
1: he does My he he isn't really into music yet mm-hmm. he's into you know the video games and that sort of thing yeah, yeah what a cutie it's kind of uh it's kind of it kind of hurts me it hurts me i'll <laughs> start singing a song and it'd be like dad shush <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm looking at ones and zeros here <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm trying i'm trying to get to the next level here <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you know, our parents shook their heads at us the same way when my dad wanted me to learn about, you know, the Pythagorean theorem. And I'm watching, uh, you know, Yosemite Sam just blow people up. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure my dad was shaking his head at me, too. Yeah. But, you know, they, you don't love them any less. You don't love your kids any less. But, but you know, um, he's probably going to get into it way more than you. Watch.
1: It's going to happen. Maybe. I hope so.
0: It's gonna be like another incur it's gonna be like another incarnation of Devo or something like that.
1: What's funny is the middle kid, um uh Kagan, he just started up with the guitar and he's like getting really good. Really good. I'm I'm very impressed by his guitar abilities lately. But you should record not, him and just totally embarrass him. Not when I'm trying to sleep though. Oh yeah, yeah, well that's true. That's I'm true. Not with his guitar abilities then, but yeah. <laughs> is he electric or acoustic? He's doing acoustic, which is I think is the best way to learn. You know, yeah, yeah, oh, definitely.
0: I'm just now picking up guitars. You know, after playing drums for so long and percussion, um, I've always loved the bass guitar, so I started picking up the bass, and then I went to the uh, acoustic guitar, and now I can I play these ukuleles. You know, and they're oh, so cool. much fun. But it's easy for someone like me. You know,
1: you know. Yeah, I'm do. I was always a singer. I I can play like a couple of songs on the guitar. Don't ever think that I'm a uh, Mrs., Mr., Mrs., <laughs> Mr. <Ooh>. Musician. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <It's>
0: not. <laughs> Tell like, us I, about your stage name. <laughs> yeah,
1: <Miss musician. laughs> Mrs. Butterworth. I was, trying, I was trying to lay it in the past. I was like, oh, maybe you'll forget about that. I said Mrs. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, you know, no, it, yeah, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, Ernie. We could talk about this if you'd like.
1: <laughs> well uh i have something to confess Ed. no i'm just
0: kidding ah jeez. here let me hit the pause button i want to hear this first <laughs> but yeah the sure. bass i you know i gravitated toward the bass and i just love that instrument and i have this old k like 68 k bass and uh and i i still yeah. miss playing drums but man there's something about that Oh, it must be the frequencies or whatever Yeah. But, uh, you, you, do you, do you apply any sort of, uh, any, like this might be a stupid question, but when you, when you're writing your books and you're imagining things up, is it the same process as when you're imagining songs up?
1: I get, I got asked that uh, like a lot actually by, um, well, not a lot, but I mean, um, Hank Garner, who has a really cool author, it's called the author's uh, stories podcast. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he he asked me that question because he's really into music, too. Um, but it's a total it's not a totally different thing, but it's a totally different, pro- totally different process. You know, it, writing a song is like a burst of feeling and emotion. And that's the same with like a book, too. But you have to draw it out. You know, you have to draw out that feeling and try to draw out that emotion and actually stay engaged with your story. With a song, Great. songs are like writing lyrics I won't say writing songs because writing the song is like you know you actually sit down with a guitar and blah 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 all yeah. I did was write lyrics, write lyrics to songs that people had already written so writing lyrics is similar but it's really condensed and really fast and on the spurt of the moment like I used to write lyrics and then we'd be playing a song and then i just changed the lyrics as we were playing the song you know <laughs> you don't do that with books
0: (laughs) no you don't but you know um you know i wrote a ton of lyrics too and and i you know i i go on to doing uh not novels or novellas but i i do the you know the the kids book thing where it's almost like writing a song because you're basically writing this rhythm in your head you're 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 putting something out that hopefully some kid's gonna latch on to and it's it's basically three minutes long you know yeah <laughs> but with you you got to stretch this out yeah you really gotta uh put your time in
1: on it you, you, know, know? you know i love that kid's book you wrote by the way that was pretty cool like my, my ah, that's goofy my, my kid Eddie actually likes it too really <laughs> yeah he kind of oh, really? got what they we're trying to say it was like you know in your little a baby and looking up at a ceiling fan
0: yeah, my son was asking for a ceiling fan last night because I read the book to
1: him. And
0: I said, I, I, "I don't know if I just install it tomorrow or something." But oh,
1: that's great to hear, though, man. Thank you. They're not hard to install. Just to make sure you put enough, you know, studs in the holding it to. Oh, that's
0: true. I, I can't just uh, I can't just put some double sided uh, sticky tape on there. <laughs> I could totally wire this thing up.
1: I <laughs> Just want to get smacked in the head by a ceiling fan. <laughs> We death, death by ceiling
0: fan <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad you're making time for this because uh you're you're kind of one of my writing heroes man and i actually get to know you too which is cool so uh it's it's really it's really neat to see you coming up with this stuff um thanks, how do you come I, up with the covers
1: uh i actually do my own covers which is not i don't recommend that um there's a lot of people <laughs> that would say they don't recommend that either because um well I'm not a you know I'm not a graphic designer I just kind of taught myself
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and uh I don't know I think my covers are pretty good but a good cover artist will charge you anywhere from 300 to like two thousand dollars you know and that's probably I'm probably probably a low on it too mm-hmm. so I ain't got that kind of scratch man so I gotta yeah it's a lot I gotta I gotta do my own covers basically the one thing yeah. I don't yeah, that's the one thing that I I, I don't know. I, I enjoy doing them though. I enjoy doing covers. They're really handsome. Thank you. They're I really it.
0: they're really pro. Like if I was to do something, it'd probably be some stick figures and uh and then some, some jotting and doodles. And maybe i try to take a picture of a, of a nice landscape or something and then turn it into like a Yanni album cover.
1: <laughs> so
0: you're, you're light years ahead of me. <laughs> it's,
1: like, you know, it's, like anything else. it's like anything else. You just, you know, like with your distillery and all the things you've done, you don't know how to do something. And uh, sorry, I just had a notification. Out of, ne- out of necessity. You don't know how to do something. So what you do is you take it in little pieces. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to okay. You have to learn how to do this to do this. You have to learn how to do this to do this. And in this day and age, all you have to Google is your friend. Go to Google, ask it a question. How do you uh, find uh, images that are that you can use that are you know you won't be uh, taking somebody's work? You know, right? Royalty free <laughs> stuff, and then yeah. and then a uh, yeah. Then, you, you know, start there, and you get a picture, and then you go okay. What kind of fonts do does, uh, Stephen King use, what kind of fonts does, um, you know, uh, um, whoever, you know, use, and you just start with that and then you, you know, put it up there and you, and you do, you do some different effects and you find websites. Like I use like websites. I obviously I use like, um, Photoshop and stuff, but that's usually towards the end, mm-hmm. but I use like, I use like Canva is a good website. Oh, great, And I use, uh, a thing called, uh, uh, another website called be funky, which is pretty cool. You can like isolate uh, images and that sort of thing. You can take like you know the figure and, and cut it out and put it on a different thing and blah, blah blah. Um, but I use like those kind of websites and then I'll go back to like Photoshop and I'll I'll make it you know, obviously the resolution's got to be uh, however many pixels I forgot right,
0: resize the uh, images
1: and everything yeah. to uh, to fit everything. And the subscription to Photoshop basically pays itself off. So yeah.
0: Yeah. But oh, yeah. Definitely. What, what did they charge
1: for, you a year now? It's like uh, for what Photoshop? Yeah, I pay nine ninety nine a month. Oh, that's not bad. No, it's and it's it's something that I need. It's like you know, it's, Stephen King wrote a book called On Writing back in the day, and he talks about his toolbox, and it's something that you need in your toolbox. You need if you're going to be an indie writer, if you're going to be an indie author you need a certain things in your toolbox. Like I use a grammar, ga- grammarly. And then mm-hmm. I also, you know, people read my book and, um, I don't, it, this is also something that I do not recommend. I don't always use an editor, which I should, I have an editor. Her name is Jessica West and she's awesome. She, mm-hmm. she edits all the tales from the canyons of the damn stuff. Mm-hmm. But again, I, to get editors cost money. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm doing pretty well for myself, but not well enough to be just throwing out the dollars on books and that sort of thing, you know?
0: Right. You know, I can totally relate because, uh, again, with the distillery, um, I I did the labels for them, you know, for our first two offerings here. And and it, just taking the time and learning how to do it and how to place it and looking at other labels and, and trying not to be too much like them, but trying to keep it, uh, you know, clean looking. What a process, you know? But then you know how to do it and it's, 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 it's uh, it's like another tool, you know,
1: it's great. You know, anything, anything nowadays can be learned, you know? And that's yeah. the biggest thing I would give anybody any kind of advice. If you want to write a book, you want to do anything, make sure that you don't get arrogant and think that you know everything because once you do, you're going to not learn anything. And you need to, you need to be able to keep your mind open and learn new things. Awesome. Yeah. You know, anybody, that, you know, that's coming up that wants to write or play music or anything like that. And you probably have seen this too with people like in music and stuff. Anytime you get arrogant, that's when you start sucking, right? (laughs) Your your music starts sucking. Your writing starts sucking. Everything sucks because you you have closed yourself off from, you know, people that could actually teach you something. So
0: exactly. And you're not enjoying the meal. You're just kind of woofing it down. You know, It's, it's not, it's not a, it, it's not an enjoyable thing well, anyway. Great. Well,
1: for some no. people, maybe it is. I don't know. No. That's no, great I, advice. I I love, I've always loved to learn, you know, I've learned, I've learned things from my friends. I learned things from my, you know, kids on, on a whole, man. I learned a lot of stuff from my kids,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and, you know, basically how to be cool in this day and age, you know, that's, <laughs> you're eternally cool though, Ernie. And I'm, uh, I'm really ace in that. You know, cool I don't know if you've heard, but
0: uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty su- cool in these parts. I'm super. I'm super. I'm, I'm
1: quite important, and I have many.
0: <laughs> <thoughts>. <laughs> you know, I. I think I saw a picture of you uh, uh, giving gems to one of your one of your kids there, and you had this sort of uh this look on your face and i know i know you guys were captured in this moment where you're you're both of you were being kind of wise guys to each
1: other yeah it's that's that's the middle middle kid that's really good at guitar and he's good you know he's 16 so it's like he's basically looking at me like you don't know your you know your butt from a hole in the ground but that's the way it goes but you know i was 16 too and i thought i was i knew everything you know oh yeah you know everything <laughs> everything
0: and your parents become incredibly stupid to you and then yeah. uh and then you realize when you're on your own and everything like they say you know when everything starts to fall apart you're like my
1: parents were right they well, are right
0: blah. but i still i still don't want to tell them yet
1: yeah <laughs> Sonia, Sonia likes to take candid photos and of me when i'm you know got my chin down and i got three chins going you know
0: I only saw one like I, I was I was blown away with the uh, with the picture just because it was very uh, vaudevillian, you know, Yeah. <laughs> it was like a movie marquee. You know, the posters they have for like uh, I said, you said or something like that. 1946, you know, and there's
1: Ernie going, I ah, told you so. What was it? What's that? What's that uh, one lady's name? She's an actress. Um, Ke- Diane Keaton. Oh, yeah. Yeah was a meme that was like going around and it was like her it was like uh ladies in their 60s that like to point at young women and give them advice it was like (laughs) every single movie picture was that basically (laughs) i was doing with keg and it was that it was seriously well you see son (laughs) it was like seriously something like uh old ladies who like to point at young ladies and give them advice (laughs)
0: It's great. It's great that cold finger, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you a thing or two, young lady. Now, let in here? Let <laughs> me tell you what's going and what's up with the world. Right? <laughs> and Diane Keaton's, a, she's like the perfect person for that too. And she's always got that like look on her face, like that. Uh, I told you so." Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> you, you can't do that with like Rhea Perlman or something like that, you know. Talking to always, Danny DeVito's kids about, uh, you know, she she's... Uh, Rhea doesn't have that. She'd be like, snap out of it. She'd do the moon yeah,
1: thing It'd be the slapping thing, slapping in the yeah. face.
0: Kind of. Yeah, very <laughs> East Coast Italian. Diane Keaton's a very... Uh, she's very uh, Connecticut elitist.
1: <laughs> it's just... It was funny, man, because it's like, seriously, like, you want to talk about following a genre and follow pigeonholing yourself into, like a certain kind of thing. And it was like, it was uncanny. It was every single one of her movie posters. And she's doing the same <laughs> damn thing in every one of them.
0: Sorry. I keep busting up because I get that image in my head. Every time you say that.
1: Uh, I, I wish I, I could, I wish I had it, man. I no, I'll, it look, I'll
0: look it up when we're done here, man, because uh, I'm going to be throwing it up all the time now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what I'm going to stop doing? I'm going to stop putting that, uh, uh, i like to speak to a supervisor haircut lady. Oh, I mean, yeah. I got I just, in trouble once because someone said, Hey, I have that haircut.
1: <laughs> oh man. I, That's I not shared, my problem. I shared one and it was like, why is every woman that has this haircut still live in the same town that she grew up in? And one of my friends was like, I have this haircut and I'm in the same <laughs> And I was like, Oh crap.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those, uh, when's the baby do moments.
1: Yeah, I was like, "Sorry about that. I didn't mean it. It's just funny. I wasn't really. Talk- I was just joking. I got I joked. Just- I was just kidding. Yeah, but foot and mouth. I nobody's. You know, I've been accused of foot and mouth disease a few times in my life. Oh yeah, one of those times. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that, me. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, I'll tell a story at our our the next time you come on because you're putting out books like every three minutes. Um, <laughs> I'll uh, remind me to tell you the story about the, uh, the the checkout line and and the big put in the mouth moment. I, I won't get into
1: it now. Okay. It's grotesque. <laughs> oh, <I> bet, man. <laughs> Dude, I've had so many of those moments, man. Like, <laughs> and that's what you you're, that's what you put on this life to do, man. You're here to learn and you know make bad decisions and learn from them. And there you go, you know, or, do,
0: or not, right? Or but not, uh, yeah, I try to I try to learn from them. You know, the eternal Chevy chase, you know, I, I, I mean, well, but man, sometimes (laughs) I just, I say the stupidest things in front of people.
1: My wife calls me Clark Griswold, man. Oh, really? Yeah, totally. (laughs) We're like a badge of honor. (laughs) I do, man. That was some of my favorite movies, man. National Lampoons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that whole era of Chevy and Bill Murray and, and, uh, Oh man. That old June. SNL crew. Yeah, they were great. Che- Chevy was on his game back then.
1: Back when we could tell jokes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and uh yeah, you know how people walking out of uh auditoriums. <laughs> 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 I won't get into that. I think your jokes no, are funny already. Yeah. If anyone walks out, I'm gonna tackle them.
1: Let's not go down that uh, that dark alley. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: You know, I, I was always saying that you should have been a stand-up comedian, man. I I every time we talked you were just kind of like running the block like it was <laughs> your stage even if we were walking across the 7-eleven you know to get a five-hour energy or something uh you're killing me man it was, and, it was... and that's what i miss the most about having you close by i think so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna need to
1: take a trip out there well i want to take a trip out to where you are i don't want to i don't want to stay in vegas <laughs> oh yeah we'll move you out it's funny it's funny that uh You say that because my wife tells me that I'm always on stage and she's like, You need to turn it off, please. You know. (laughs) She doesn't she doesn't like my jokes. (laughs) Oh, come on. Only when she's only when she's in the mood to hear my jokes, and that's about it. (laughs) You know what? That that 12
0: minute window, you get to really try out the new stuff with her. I'm all "Ah, take my wife, please. She's like, No.
1: I just changed the locks, any She got like the, what is it like the old vaudeville thing where like they, they had the hook and grabbed the person by the neck. Yeah, and, take him right out. Yeah, she's she's good at that.
0: She, your yeah. she's your hook?
1: She's like off the stage now.
0: Oh man, I can't wait to meet her because uh, uh, we we've kind of all been best friends for a long time, and I still haven't met your wife
1: in person. So it's, it's a uh, it's a weird weird time of you know in this in history where. where I like Daniel. You talk about like a Tales from the Candies of Damn, Daniel Smith. I consider him a friend, a, like a pretty good friend. And I've never talked to the man face to face. Wow. I, you know, it's, what do you
0: think would change if you, if you talk to him? Like he's, he's got garlic breath or something. What's the worst
1: like, would, would that could happen? <laughs> He'd probably laugh for you the same. I don't know, dude. I, you know, the thing about it is, is that it's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time, because we lost, I think we lost our like connection with people and like a really small percentage of people on my Facebook are people that I've actually been friends with or talked to in person. I mean, like you're one of them. Um, I don't know. It's just weird.
0: I have to have that human connection, you know, um, getting out and meeting up with people. And, and that's the hardest part is, is not being able to do that. You know, Back when I was a kid, we had yeah, the landline, you know, and uh, we would just call our friend up and say, hey, meet you halfway in about 20 minutes. You yeah. know, we'd meet each other halfway and hang out. It wasn't like, oh, you know what, man, I just got sick suddenly and uh, I don't have a babysitter for the dog. And yeah. let's try for next week. Let's try for two weeks. Yeah, I can't do that. No, I mean, yeah. I that's and that's not me being point. selfish, I don't think, but.
1: But no you had hangouts too like where you just oh i'll go there i'll probably somebody will probably be there you know
0: yeah yeah you, you count on you count on half the people showing up at least you
1: know yeah because you had a place that you all went to and he, yeah there's not i don't know it's just uh i'm not gonna say it's bad or good or whatever it's just the sign of times man you know it's the way it is you just got to navigate through it the best sure. you can yeah it's a. Um, we live in one of the coolest periods of time and we live in one of the oddest periods of time you know yeah uh, but i guess god i sound old
0: (laughs) 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 we had this internal combustion engine and it was just
1: fine you darn hipsters with with your with your damn hipster shoes and hipster hats hipster hipster
0: faces yeah, I wonder to, if they just clip that on before they go out. It's like an accessory.
1: Trying to look old
0: timey. <laughs> old timey. Curl that mustache up. How dare I, you? I'm sorry to all the hipsters out there, but man, you know what? Something you know, inject something real. You know, someone, someone throw a monocle on or something like that. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, you know, get get a little spiffy.
0: Give me something. Carry a cane or a stopwatch or what was a what is a timepiece you carry you carried in your pocket. Um, so high-
1: maybe i don't know no. I, I want to bring the pipe back you know yeah but it was, I, but it was but it only blows like bubbles with <laughs> 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 like hella distinguishes bubbles you're like yeah see here. Bro. watch this one yeah back in my day we used to have ticker tape parades
0: <laughs> <laughs> people would wave their hands really fast i'm gonna get a bubble pipe and i'm gonna learn how to i'm gonna learn how to blow a bubble in a bubble with a bubble pipe
1: remember uh what the heck was that show called uh back in the day it was like um i don't even remember but like the guy would it would be they show old movies but the guy would like be sitting there with like pipe and like by in the in the study with like a smoking jacket on, and you would talk about this is a movie from nineteen 19- like, blah, blah, blah. Masterpiece Theater. Masterpiece Theater, there you go. <laughs> That's what you could do. You could do like hey, you master- know what? The bubble pipe.
0: When I get my really cool heavy metal backdrop <laughs> for the podcast, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do that. It's going to be a really crazy contrast. Or maybe I should just get a red velvet
1: backdrop. You could be like, good evening. I'm glad you tuned into... <laughs> ed massey's masterpiece podcast
0: <laughs> so sit back grab a pepperidge farm cookie and a coffee
1: i, mean, like, blow, blow I think
0: i do the backdrop with the backdrop with uh, like books yeah. I, just, I roll it in and it's just a bunch of artificial books yeah in <laughs> and the, and the bubble pipe you try i to think the, you're onto the, something i have maybe. a wing back i could i could uh, bring that thing out of hiding
1: you you try to grab one of the books and the whole thing falls over <laughs> no, <you're> so... <laughs> it's like inflatable books don't mind the man behind the curtain
0: <laughs> <laughs> like a breeze comes in and all the books like they do the wave behind you <laughs> <laughs> oh lord um, I, I think we're on to something really I really do I think no. you need to be there for the, uh, for the, um, the launch. It's, yeah. The maiden voyage of atoms of earth, the, uh, library
1: edition. Masterpiece atoms of earth.
0: There you go. And we <laughs> could both use those really crappy, uh, accents. Yes. British. Mine always sounds terrible. I, c- <laughs> I can't pull off accents where I can, I can imitate my, uh, my buddy Claudio from Pisa. I could do the Italian accent. I won't do it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. I'll throw it on you though. Yeah. Do we it. have Ernie Howard here, um from uh, from Las Vegas. Hey, what was your first book? Was that the Light Through the Water?
1: Um that was one of the first. I think the first one that uh that I wrote was a book on how to write. <laughs> really? That's great. <laughs> well, I mean the first one that I indie published, you know, was a book on on it, yeah, it not was a, called something it's like, uh,
0: it's like, listen to what I say, but what do I know kind yeah. of thing.
1: Even, and I don't believe in that. I, believe, I People always get like imposter syndrome. And it's like, dude, just write it. Just if you have something to say, you know, get it you think you can help somebody write the dang thing. But that book, honestly, is not on Amazon anymore. I took it off a, a long time ago. But right. the first fiction that I that I ever published on Amazon was called A World Without. And it was a short story. Yeah, I remember that. 500 words that was the first one do i have the paperback version of that thing i think uh i don't think i ever made a paperback version of which that.
0: one which one did you do the paperback i just bought it, it was like the, a, a bunch of years ago the it was
1: uh it was in, uh, probably the first paperback that i ever made and it was you know it was a little pamphlet basically <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> so, was nice though i'll tell you what that story is like one of the stories that i'm most proud of i think i wrote that on memorial day uh what was it like 20, 20 15. 2015 2013 no i still lived in my other house so it was like it had to be like 2013 or
0: 2014
1: hmm. um and i just woke up it was weird i woke up at like f- five o'clock in the morning and i i uh went down to the table the kitchen table with like a, a legal pad and a pencil and i wrote that whole story in like two and a half hours Wow! Honestly, I think there's something to it. I'm not about to get all hippie woo-woo, but I think there's really something to it when writers say that I didn't write the book; I just trans- translated it onto a piece of paper. That like was the weirdest experience of my life. Where it just where comes it came out, came into my head, down to my hand, onto the paper. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, it right, was right. odd, and it was kind of odd that it was a memorial. It was Memorial Day, and it's basically about a guy that was a soldier that you know dies and um experiences rebirth basically
0: oh wow yeah. yeah i i read um i i gotta i gotta check that out it's a good I, one. That's the, one, of the my, one the other one that light through the water was the uh was the first one i read
1: i think and that right. was like
0: 2015 so was that before that, then that,
1: or that was the Light of the water yeah and i wrote that Honestly, I think I think the your date's off. I think it was like 2014. I, was I don't know,
0: month. you wrote it, but I'm gonna have to disagree with you, Ernie.
1: <laughs> well, let's I'm see. kidding. I, <laughs> I, know.
0: No, I know I know I the, know the story was actually amazing. Um uh, it's it was really spooky for me because I didn't expect that out of you. Really? Yeah, I, I I didn't I didn't see it coming and it was great. I was like, whoa. Well
1: I mean, like I, thought I said, you would have done some kind of like a kill, kill thriller. Or, um... I can write those too. I like writing those. I I don't write in any certain genre. I like to write all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And it, you know, and that's another piece of advice I'd give people: if you're going to write a book, is just write what you want to write. You know, and if too many people nowadays are writing indie writing because they want to make money, and it's like you honestly are doing it for all the wrong reasons because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm not going to say you're not going to make money because there's money out there to make but you honestly when the rough times it's taken me a long time to just get to the point where i'm at in authorship and that sort of thing yeah you have to love to write you have to love what you're writing and you have to love what you're doing because if you don't you're just going to quit
0: Right, you're it becomes right. it becomes work for you, and, it, and it's like you know the deadlines are are more uh, they they cut a little bit more, you know. You still yeah. have those deadlines, but I think I think uh, like with anything, if you know, they say if you love what you're doing, it's not work. You know, you, you just keep your passion. Uh, it's it's it flows more freely yeah. onto the paper. So exactly. I'm really That's, proud of you, man.
1: You were right, by the way. It was 2015. <laughs> was it? Ah! i don't even I know totally what i totally guessed <laughs> that's a, that's a, like that's like the that's like the crux are the the monkey on your back kind of thing with a writer is like yeah. you ask me what my books are about i'm like uh, uh uh you're like you wrote the book man i'm like uh i don't remember what, <laughs> like, what was it written oh it was written in 2014 i think you're wrong ed uh, no i think i'm right oh uh, yeah you are right never mind I don't remember so back cut really. a little bit there you're right you know it felt like 2014 in my defense grayson was a two-year-old then so i don't remember a lot from that those times those yeah those it just things. becomes a blur <laughs> yeah, I, I remember him uh pooping a lot and eating a lot of food and uh crying and taking naps and stuff that's what and, i remember and you about. just
0: scooping <laughs> all that up you yeah, know exactly.
1: what he didn't eat what he pooped yep exactly did you poop today i never thought i'd say that in my life did you poop today? <laughs> i have a stomach ache dad did you poop today <laughs> oh, man. This, this is going to be a really successful podcast episode for you ed no it's
0: great no i love this you know why because uh i think we covered everything yep I, I don't think I don't think we covered. I was going to talk about fusel oils, which is a which is a, a byproduct of, of a, the, the distilling process that I thought was very interesting. But we'll save that for next time. And, and we we also did not talk about uh, uh, why cats land on their
1: feet. I, oh, you you know what's funny? My kid just before I, I started talking to you on this podcast, we were sitting there. He loves cat videos.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We we're sitting and watching you know funny cat videos. And he's all, he's all dad, And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, why do cats land on their feet? And I said, I don't <laughs> know. And he's like, if I, if a cat jumped off a building that was like 10 stories up, would the cat live? And I'm like, I don't think so, buddy. He's like, but they land on their feet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> and I, <had> to <laughs> I think at that
0: time, that, that's he, when you introduced the word terminal yeah. velocity. What's yeah. that? Or the term terminal velocity. Yeah. <laughs> Smack, smash. Yeah, we could say we, you know, we could try, but uh, I, I think uh for the sake of keeping the animals alive, I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah,
1: you know. Well, see, there yeah. we
0: go. We almost covered how cats land on their feet.
1: I, I think why. it's some kind of uh, a weird instinct with them, or something. I don't know. You don't know, have anything like the they have like a gyroscope in their sphincter yeah. or something. <laughs> That's just yeah. the a theory. <laughs>
0: I notice anytime they're trying to balance, their tails go up, and you're looking at their their butthole. So, you're um, butthole now. This has really gone bad. Gone bad. No, it's just, it's just science. <laughs> science. <laughs> this is allowed.
1: <laughs> you really, heard it here first, folks. Cats have a gyroscope in their sphincter. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> you got the news here first. <laughs> Good lord! Should we wrap this up or what? Yeah, I think
0: so. Hey, um, uh, again, this is Adams of Earth. Uh, this is episode two. We're talking to Mister Ernie Howard. He's got he's he's a he's a great writer, and he's got the best smile in the business. Oh
1: my goodness! Thank you very much. Oh,
0: and he's a hell of a good cook. You know, um, <laughs> I I, I, I want to give you a big hug from a distance here. I got to get out there and see you, and, uh, yep. and we'll have a good laugh over this. Maybe we'll have a couple of drinks from my my own private stock there.
1: I don't awesome. really drink, but I'll force you to. Sonia's very uh, excited about your vodka. Oh, good. <laughs> she wants good. to I'll, I'll
0: bring. A, I'll bring about a case or so over for for sure. her to sure. enjoy. <laughs> you won't All see right. her for days. <laughs> 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 anyway, Ernie Howard, thank you so much. Adams of Earth. Thanks for having me, Ed. Take care, man. Thank you so much.